Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. Um, we at Jew in the City um, in the last few weeks have been responding to kind of this uptick in uh, anti-Semitic attacks. Um, unfortunately, in the middle of Hanukkah, um, you know, we had a, a really crazy attack in Muncie. Um, you know, normally when we think about what we do here at Jew in the City, um, at our organization, our mission is to reverse negative associations about religious Jews. Now, when I founded the organization, um, really my primary focus was to reverse those negative associations, or at the beginning was actually to break down stereotypes. But really the main focus was to create a dialogue between the Orthodox and non-Orthodox population. You know, I've had people um, sort of confront me before or challenge me, um, you know, what's the point of trying to make non-Jewish people like us better? They never will, which I think is a really defeatist attitude. Um, and I've explained always that that was never our primary focus, but what we've seen along the way is that we actually have built those bridges too. Um, I think it's sort of like a nice um, sort of secondary thing that we're able to do. Another nice secondary or third thing we're able to do is to give chizuk and to give inspiration to people that are orthodox that could just use better answers to mitzvot or understand difficulties um, when they haven't understand them before or um, find Jewish wisdom to relate to, you know, contemporary events. Um, but that was never our sort of primary focus for, for founding this organization, which is a nonprofit. Um, but I think that we have the ability um, to do that. I think that um, there's a certain amount of anti-Semitism that will always exist that is sort of part of of exile of Gullus. And, you know, Torah talks about um, in Talmud that um, at Har Sinai, the word um, Sina, which is sort of a play on words, hatred came from Har Sinai, um, and sort of we would be hated um, by you know people in the world because of these laws that we were bringing to the world. Um, and there's also an idea that Asav, you know, will always hate his brother Yaakov. That you know non-Jews will hate Jews. So I think that there is a certain um, reality to that, but I think that there's another reality, which is that we have opportunities to build bridges all the time, and that. Um, we have the ability to make a Kiddush Hashem or a Chil Hashem. Um, and, you know, as much as this is sort of spiritually decreed that there will be negativity or friction or hatred, I think we have to come to terms with that and try to get out of Gaulus and bring Mashiach. But I think at the same time, we have to put our Hishtadlis out. We have to do our best efforts um, in creating as many positive associations and experiences. And because ultimately every person that you interact with positively um, can be an ambassador to their community, to their you know set of friends and minds can be changed. And um, since, you know, a lot of these recent attacks now, and really the truth is that we've had attacks from sort of every spectrum. The thing about an anti-Semite is that they look like everything. They come from everywhere. You can find them on every political side, every racial divide, every religious background. So we had, you know, shootings done by white nationalists. Um, we know there's obviously um, some, you know, serious problems with uh, Muslim extremists. But this recent spate of attacks has come from members of the black community, by and large, um, in the last, you know, year, I would say, and sort of in this uptick in December. And I've been really fascinated to talk to Nisim Black. Um, he's a rapper um, who grew up not Jewish, um, and he had a conversion um, to orthodoxy. And I believe he considered himself a Hasidic Jew today. And I've been so interested to talk to him um, sort of about what's going on now, what his thoughts are, because I think for someone that sort of um, lives in both worlds, um, there's so much that we can learn from from someone like that. So Nason, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
And I know you're in Israel now, so you're not, you know, up close to um, what's going on currently right now. But um, how does this feel, um, I guess, you know, sort of sitting a bit far away, but probably also having this feel very personal um, with sort of these two communities um, with kind of so much friction? What what are your thoughts as you're sort of sitting here in Israel and watching um, the continued news of these different attacks and, you know, anti-Semitic incidents? Uh, um, I think it's been very troubling for me and for my family and a lot of my close friends and very close also with uh, Mari Stoudemire. You know, we have a group of guys and other people that have actually black African-American game um, that we've been really trying to rack our brains, trying to figure out what we can do, talking to our band and trying to figure out how to be. And I just sort of feel like I remember like, you know, during the SEMA shots, like, I had no pleasure in that at all. I was busy with this Indian talking to people, trying to figure out what it is that I can do because it's it's a very, very uncomfortable feeling. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, it's even almost more uncomfortable than the truth is. A lot of times I was in my circles, I'm usually the only person of color there. You know what I mean? My kids yeah. also end up in... So I'm looking around and I'm, and then it's like to sort of, you know... You know, feel like, you know, a friend of mine, he was in New York and he was just like, I'm scared to go to a shul. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because of people's security. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? He's an early chayid, but he's, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't know, you know, you know, right. if he feels safe going to a shul because our security may be. It's a very, I think it put a sense of, you know, discomfort amongst the, uh, you know, a lot of people, and so myself included. So I guess there's like just so many issues to unpack right here. Um, I know yeah. when I spoke to you last time, you said you had not experienced, you know, uh, too much racism, at least at that point. I remember um, in, in the, you know, Orthodox or Haredi community, I then saw an article about um, some issue with school, not letting your kids in, which I was so horrified by. And um, I just want to like, not that it had anything to do with me personally, but like um, there's so many of us that are really troubled when we see racism in the in the Jewish community. Um, so is that, because I guess I want to sort of, in terms of like, I don't know, pointing fingers or trying to understand like, kind of how do we get here? How do we get out of it? Um, right. It seems like you have experienced um, some r- racism in the, in the Orthodox community um, since you've joined it, yes? Absolutely. I, you know, and the thing is, is at one point I wish, I could go back, I think even one time I was in Indaba, uh, Sinai Indaba, and also too, I was able to say I hadn't experienced any racism. But if you let it sit for long enough, then you can, you know, definitely have experiences that are like, you know, um, things that you rather not share, you know, with other people. But um, like, for instance, me and my wife were talking the other day. We moved recently from uh, Yerushalayim to Beit Shemesh. Um, which we did for our kids, but we're living, you know, very close to Meisharim on Strauss. And my kids were recalling to my wife the other day that they remember going to the park and, you know, all the kids were clear out. You know, they always got the swings and whatever they wanted because all the kids were clear out and the mothers would move and get away from them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my kids are, you know, they're, they're different color, but right. they're starker kids. They, right. you know, they dress and, you know what I'm saying, on the chitonis like everybody else. And yeah. that's the way that we care ourselves. But, that type of thing, behavior. you know, and the behavior, um, and 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 those things have definitely caused pain to you know me and my family. But I think it's one of those things where it's like you know now you know it's sort of like 
do you generalize and say everybody's like that? Absolutely not. You know what right. I mean? I was walking one time in Manshariam and one and one guy stopped me and he said, You should know 99% of the oilam is behind you. You know what I mean? So and nice. and that's what I feel like. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When I'm yeah. moving, I feel like, you know, it may not be exactly that percentage, but that's that's how I feel. You know what I mean? So and, you I have mean, a few bad how, apples. For sure. No, a hundred percent. And um, you know, I, I think um I try to, I struggle with how to deal with the bad apples of our community. Um, and I struggle when they're in leadership positions, when they have more of a voice, when they can control things like who can get into schools, because if it's a bad apple that nobody listens to, then, you know, that's maybe just a lunatic. If it's a bad apple that has more control then that could make right. an effect. And the truth is that even just, um, you know, a, a treating someone like less of a human being or less of a Jew mm -hmm. is a way to really hurt them and traumatize them. So I think everybody listening, you know, and following Jew in the city is already, uh, we're preaching to the choir here, but um, I guess what I would encourage our listeners, if you have any family or friends um, who you think are racist, I would use this as an opportunity to talk about the fact that um, we're all, you know, made in God's image. And certainly when someone converts, um, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew, no matter what their external or skin color looks like. And that's something that I think we have to make sure that we're doing correctly on our end. Uh, my sense is that the more insular communities are more afraid of people that look different and are from the outside because of all the past Absolutely. trauma that's happened to the Jews. And so then right. when I see that the attacks happen, I think, oh my goodness, it only is reinforcing their ideas that outsiders or black people right. are dangerous. So can you now talk to me about, now that we've kind of given a little bit of, uh, you know, some mustard to our community, can you talk to me about growing up black? Did what did you remember any opinions about Jews or anything that were said? Like where, what's coming from the black community about um, very, the Jewish people? I think it's very interesting because, because I didn't grow up on the East coast, right? I was on the West coast. Mm -hmm. um, but I growing up, you know, primarily I grew up in the Jewish neighborhood mm -hmm. um, and I had absolutely no problems with my Jewish neighbors. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Every once in a while they'll call police on us, but for sure we probably deserved it. Nobody, <laughs> sleep the music was up loud there were mm -hmm. 30 40 guys outside the house and you know whatever case but you know mm -hmm. um other than that we had no problems at all i remember mm -hmm. one time walking past the synagogue and my auntie and, and you know later on i was able to find out it was just a lack of education she pointed at a star on a shul and said that's the star of satan right mm -hmm. and we kept walking that was a lack of education that was mm -hmm. very interesting Several years later, I was Magaya in that very shul that she pointed at. She had no idea what it what it actually meant. You understand what I mean? But mm -hmm. it, it's sort of those type of things. Like you have a miseducation and miss miss. You know, a lot of the guys I spoke to that really grew up on the East Coast who are there in the trenches, and I'm starting to find out from people what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of it is is just a lack of education. Of, of what really is. I mean, you obviously you have extremist groups or whatever that are really pushing this. Right. But I think it's a lot of people that, you know, they take a lot of the, um, a lot of the, you know, the, the insular and the, and the, and the togetherness and mm -hmm. the somewhat of rejecting, rejecting from the outside, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a sign of, Oh, you know, they hate us, you mm -hmm. know, type mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. So there is that piece of where, Sometimes it happens and it's not even really meant. And then we do have those other times where, you know, things are not happening properly and mm -hmm. people are not being treated properly. So I think it's just sort of like a mix. 
and some things are misinterpreted. And because there's no open dialogue, right. I was, uh, you know, I was once in, uh, I think it was Long Beach, and the Chabad rabbi there had, had built up a very good relationship with the Boys and Girls Club, which was a Martin Luther King uh, community center there. And I was like, this is a model for mm-hmm. communities all across the world. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, nobody's worried about their kids marrying the other, but it's it's a, it's a, the unification and, and the love and mutual respect that I seen there was absolutely amazing. What about, um, do you think that there's, I guess like, knowledge of how Jews were involved with Martin Luther King and marching back in the day, because there were Jews involved, even um, Rabbi Heschel, who was, you know, a Shomer Shabbos Jew. Right. Do you think that that's right. something that, you know, most black families or kids are taught, or is that education missing from their school? It's absolutely missing mm-hmm. um, from the education mm-hmm. um, and, and in the understanding of, you know, and I, I would say this, also to being being able to to be on both sides i would tell you this there's a lack of education on both sides mm-hmm. you know you know how many uh you know bachum that i know that are you know learning in, for instance lakewood that that think you know you know african americans are there because they came looking for you know a better place to live or mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they have no idea just like about, the jews came to mitzrayim to uh to become slaves right <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly you know it's like you know it's like we we came there through immigration or something like that you know what i mean and so it's already in and on the flip side you know um, a lot of african americans you know i grew up i didn't hear about the holocaust after i was already in my gayers mm-hmm. you know understand what I'm saying? Like, I didn't never even heard of it. Wow. Understand? I would hear people say certain things or whatever, but Anne Frank, I seen a book when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, of, of Anne Frank. I had no idea what that was about. It wasn't mm-hmm. a part of the curriculum or anything like that in my school. I didn't know mm-hmm. about it until I was in my games. So, and there's a lot of people like that. Like, we don't even know each other's struggles. We don't even know, you know what I'm saying, the things that, you know, each side has gone through. And I think that once those things are, are talked about in a the dialogue, then it, it can help people move past a lot of the uh, a lot of the differences. So you talked about how you know, you've had these um, unfortunate you know brushes with racism, and I mean I had a tutor when I was in seminary who said some awfully racist things to me. I reported her to the person at the school who actually defended her, and I left the school. So just sort of as a model of um, not tolerating um, a bad hashkafa, a bad philosophy, when I heard this woman almost sounded like a KKK person with, oh, blacks are more like monkeys. And I was so I was so shocked and horrified that she said this and went against everything that I understood as to be a good person growing up just as a, as, you know, a secular American Jew. And then as a religious Jew, um, you know, we really have to um, respect and honor all the creations of our creator. And when we walk around with arrogance or looking down upon um, different people, it's really spitting in the face of our God. Um, and that's just so troubling to me. Um, we, how would you say that you are, or maybe like the black converts, um, you know, you said you have this like Hevra of friends, um, famous black converts. How do you think the black community mm-hmm. regards people that have converted out? I know Islam already is a pretty like acceptable or, you know, mainstream religion people convert to. But do you think there's a certain sense of being, um, I don't know, sort of like changing teams or leaving them behind yeah, or is there any respect or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think generally when you encounter people, you get a lot of respect. Um but there's definitely a large sense of you're being a traitor mm-hmm. and 
you know, you've, you, you know, basically, yeah, you've switched and you, and you've changed sides. Um, I think primarily with those who are, you know, who do have their issues with the community mm-hmm. and, and, and seem to have at least, I'm not going to say they have an understanding of the community as a whole, but they may have an understanding of their own problems or, or issues and negativity they have towards the Jewish community. Um, so those ones are a little bit more aware of it. Um, those that are not, you know, a lot of people that I grew up with, you know, I go back home every so often. I actually be in Seattle soon um, next week. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, every time I've gone, the last three times that I've gone since, you know, I made my ch- people have been over the, the love and the respect has been overwhelming, overwhelming. And, mm-hmm. and people very much so respect you know, seeing a person change. So I see there's more love. I've experienced and encountered more mm-hmm. love than I have. And 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 other people that I've re- received any resistance or rejection from, um, for my decision was generally because they were part of other communities that are, you know, that are against, you know what I'm saying, Yiddishkeit in the first place. So mm-hmm. uh, it's never been like a neutral person that was like, oh, you right. tripped out, you know? Mm-hmm. And the truth is that I'm saying people, not even a race thing. You have uh, Bali Chuva, where the secular Jewish parents um, are kind of, you know, highly disappointed of what happened to their kids or, you know, someone that's, you know, born white and also converts um, and people have a problem with that. So, and what about the role? Do you think that there's any place like within black churches to kind of get biblical again and sort of talk about like, we're people with shared slavery, we're people with the same God, we're people, is there, you think there's any place to, cause you were involved in, you know, pretty religious person before you became Jewish. Absolutely. My father, who is a uh, pastor, he's a theologian, um, who's a doctor. He teaches actually at a Bible college. Um, he's very pro-Israel, um, very uh, pro pro you know Jews. Uh, you know, there's a there's a famous thing that I think it was Rabbi Skobak said uh, about the missionaries. He says they may love Jews, but it doesn't mean they love Judaism, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'll be careful with my words to say they may not love exactly Judaism, mm-hmm. but they definitely has been a love for Jews. You know what I'm saying from his circles, mm-hmm. and I think it is something that's important. Um, to sort of build an alliance and, and, and allies with, you know, community leaders and a- absolutely from the black church um, to to get more involved in this, because I think that that's sort of, you know, the truth is, I don't know, because I'm so, so much more disconnected from the community. I don't know what effect that I have um, on, on certain groups, obviously, but whoever they reach right now, I just think we need all the help that we can get from whoever to sort of start speaking out and and saying something about it. So, and I would like if you could sort of address two different populations now, if you could talk to, you know, our Jewish and Orthodox Jewish listeners, if they may know um, (coughs) Jewish people of color, um, can you give them Mm -hmm. an insight about sort of what kind of support um, Jewish people of color need right now in these really sort of tumultuous and scary times? Um, I think that, you know, although things could be could be tough, I think one of the things is that not to not to touch people up, you know what I mean? I think it's it's very, very easy to to see people. You know, I have some friends who have have made their change and they've been on a journey for longer and they've been in more of a um either yeshivish or, or Hasidish um community. So they've sort of grown in 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 
that way in terms of the way their mannerism, the way they speak. Then I have other guys who, you know what I'm saying, they're a little bit fresh, fresher from the from the hood, you know what right. I mean, for the lack of a better term. And so, you know, it's one of those things that automatically people start to say, oh, well, this guy's like this, he's okay, but this guy we don't know about, you know, mm-hmm. those type of things is not to touch people up. If people, you know, made the decision um, uh, to become Jewish or people that either Jewish by birth, some people are, you know, the parents were game or the grandparents were game, you know, my friends that I have, um, but they, 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 they need to be treated just like every other person and not to, not to make any distinction or anything like that. Cause it's, it's one of those things where it's sort of like, you know, each one of us had to share those things with each other and just be like, okay, well then how do we really deal with this and tell people at the same time, we still need to stop the racism, but at the same time, none of the behavior that's been coming from, you know what I'm saying, our former communities, our community, what I don't want to say former community, because we're obviously still connected to African-American community. Uh, but those who are in the community, um, how do we be able to to tell also Jewish community that, hold on, listen, things are also not right. You know, I, I you know, I've been to certain places and I've seen African-Americans treat them when they're working on the teams or are, you know, catering companies and different things like that. And it's an overall thing that I think that one of the biggest things is, and I'm sorry to rant about this a little bit, but I think it was something that on my way into Yiddishkeit, one of the things I, I noticed the most, that's when I studied Tanakh the most. And it seems like Hashem was willing to forego every Avera except for when it came down to, you know, how we treated other people. You understand what I'm saying? It seems like those are the things that, that, that from my own understanding of who Hashem is and, and the Hashem that I've come to know, mm-hmm. that that is the number one thing, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. that brings about, you know, Hashem's anger and wrath. And, and you know, historically is how we're treating, you know, Sinaschina. Yeah. We don't have a base of Mikdash right now because of that type of behavior. Yeah. Everybody was keeping Shabbos. It was, a, you know what I'm saying? It was a yeah. great time for, for Shabbos and, and, and mitzvahs and everything else that we had to do the tar- in, in terms of the chitzonius. But right. the things of the panemius of how we're treating other people, that's a very, very, very huge thing that uh, we always have to uh, keep keep our eye on. Maybe more so than, not even maybe, it's for sure more so than we're worried about everything else. Totally. Amen. Um, and how about a message to your black brothers and sisters um, who may not be Jewish um, about why they should um, see the Jewish people as 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 their brothers, as their brothers, you know, in um, with a shared history, with um, shared humanity? What what would you say to them? Because um, most people are not violent, thank God, but maybe there's a certain right. amount of anti-Semitism or bad feelings. So what would you say about why they should regard the Jewish people positively? I think uh, one of the biggest things is exactly what you said is because there are those shared experiences and there's so much to learn. Um, although, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, if we look at the show and we say that that was 1948, right? And we look at African-American um, slavery, which was, you know, primarily during the, you know, 19, from the 19, uh, the 1600s to the, you know, to the 1800s, you can even say into the 1900s at the beginning, there also wasn't so pretty for African-Americans, but, you know, in terms of historically, then you have to go back, then we had, we have pogroms, we have the Inquisition, we have the, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, Mitzrayim, so there's so much to learn, I feel like, from the African-American community, because one of the biggest things that I would disagree with a lot of people um, when they speak about the African-American community is like, 
you know, you, you got to let those things go. You got to let the history go, your, your past or the slavery and different things like that. And I think that to let go of victimhood is for sure something that needs to be let go. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the Yiddishkeit, we're built off of remembering what Mitzrayim was like. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're built off of remembering those trying and hard times. And, you know, we joke about it. And we may eat and drink after every single time, you know, <laughs> something happens. But for sure, it's all about remembering. Even if we say that to to blot out and we're going to wipe out Haman's name, you got to remember to blot it out. Right. You understand what I'm saying? We always, we're in the act of remembering. So it's one of those things of being able, I feel like the African-American community, if I can address them and say, is that you can remember, you know what I'm saying? But you're also not a victim. You know, saying you don't you don't keep yourself as a victim. And I feel like it's one of those things that, to some degree, um, having an American community can look up to the Jewish community and learning in terms of how to deal with moving forward past the tumultuous past. Beautiful. Um, and so, do you have any? I know you said that you guys have been talking. Do you have any sort of plans or any projects in the works of what you might be able to do to use your voices, to use your platform to address these tensions? I think one of the biggest things is like you know, um, social media and different things like that has become so like you know, I mean, what else is there in the world type of thing? You know what I mean? So I think it's like. Uh, one of the obvious avenues. Uh, me personally, I'm, I tiptoe with certain things until I get approval from my, my Rob. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure the things that I'm doing is, you know what I'm saying, acceptable mm-hmm. and proper. Um, obviously, I have the vehicle of music, so I'm releasing a song very, very soon that talks about my Jewish identity, but my Black identity, and yeah. how I'm happy to be who I am, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, and hopefully it was unifying. There were actually a lot of clips of the video that got leaked out uh, from a video shoot we were doing in Harlem, mm-hmm. which is very interesting as the label I'm signed with actually is releasing the song um, very soon at the, you know, during when all this is happening. It wasn't planned like that, mm. but it just happened to be that this song is being released. So it's sort of like we want to run with that campaign and sort of see if we can do and push initiatives to try to bring um, more conversations to the table on how to bring peace between the two communities. So I love that. So when can we expect the song to be released? Uh, January 31st. Oh, amazing. And then what's the best way for people to keep up with you? I guess, tell us your social media handles so that we can uh, find you. Uh, so definitely on, uh, Instagram is, uh, at our strudel, uh, Nisim official, official, like, uh, like a referee's official. Mm-hmm. Um, also that's the same for Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then what Facebook is facebook.com backslash Nisim.music. And then on YouTube, it's, uh, youtube.com backslash Nisim world. So awesome. um, those are like the main channels. And yeah, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate being here. You should know also, Alice and me and my wife have been watching you for a long time. So thank um, you so much. Well, I really, uh, no, I just, it, it hurts my heart when I, I hear people again, when I read that story about the school and your kids not coming you know, being allowed in, I was so angry. Like, again, I don't have any power for whatever's going on in that school there, but <laughs> I sort of feel like, come on, what are you doing here? Um, but just know yeah. that you have so many fans. Um, and I think, you know, anyone that looks for the common brotherhood of mankind and looks to be inclusive of all Jews, like, this is what our father in heaven wants just for his children to get along. So thank you for playing Absolutely. your part in that. And, um, and thank you for thank you. Um, building these bridges. Um, and we look forward I would like to, to note, 
like to note my daughter is in school for all those who have been asking. We moved to Beit Shemesh and, and Baruch Hashem is a beautiful school and we, we got to go and we got accepted without having a SWAT team of rabbis Amazing. and Rebbitsons and, and, you know, so Baruch Hashem, there, there, there is good. For sure, there's good in the world. Beautiful. And we will look out for your new song and good luck with that. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.